0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Genesis 42 in your Bibles. We're continuing our series on the life of Joseph. Last week, we saw how that Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh And uh, we talked last week about Joseph's testimony, of course, God's timing, Joseph's testimony and how he stayed faithful to God. And we saw the transformation that God worked in Joseph's life. You remember that, how uh, the the king, uh, Pharaoh, he gave him the the new vestures, the fine linen vestures. And we talked about that gold chain and that ring that he placed on his finger Uh, What a transformation God made in Joseph's life, but God wasn't done with Joseph. You see, God's plan was not yet fulfilled. The dreams that Joseph had, they were starting to come to pass, but they were not completely uh, uh, brought to fruition yet. And although God had worked a transformation in Joseph's life, God was not done with Joseph. And God was not done with Joseph's brothers. How many of you sometimes need to be reminded that God is the one who takes care of revenge? Now, we like to to fill in for God sometimes when we think he doesn't do it quick enough or or, or severe enough. But God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And God does a better job of that than you and I do. We make a mess, but God works all things out. God was still working on Jacob. God was still working on Joseph's brothers. God was still in the business of restoring relationships. You see, Joseph and his brothers, that has been 20 years, and that, that relationship had not been restored. Joseph's brothers had never gotten things right with their father, Jacob. They, as far as Jacob knew... Joseph was dead and killed by a wild beast because those brothers had lied to their father. God was still in the business of restoring relationships and God was still fulfilling Joseph's dreams and Joseph's, uh, 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 God's plan for Joseph was not yet fulfilled. I'm thankful that God is faithful. God will perform that which he started and God will uh, finish that which he said he would do. We get to chapter 42, and I'd like to show you quickly, I'd like to show you three different truths from three different groups of people. Number one, I want you to see Joseph. It says in chapter 42 in verse one that the whole world was in famine, so Jacob sent his sons to Egypt to get corn, to get food. Well, when the brothers got there, guess who was in charge Of giving out the food supply it was Joseph now they don't know him yet they don't recognize Joseph Joseph recognizes them and by the way you wouldn't expect them to recognize Joseph this was 20 years earlier that they had sold him as a slave and now 20 years later he is in control he is second in command in Egypt and so they didn't recognize him God had done such a work in Joseph they didn't recognize him but it says in verse number eight, and Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And verse nine, Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. Notice with me in verse number 21, we see what the brothers are going through. Joseph is, is, is on top side. God has blessed him, and he remembers the dreams, and, and he has been blessed by God. But notice verse 21, the brothers. They are guilty in their conscience. They are, they're having major turmoil inside because they think and they know, uh oh, we didn't get away with it. They still don't even know it's Joseph, but notice what they say in verse 21. They said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother. What do you mean? Why would they even think about Joseph? They didn't know it was him. I'll tell you why they knew. Because their heart was torn apart. Their conscience, they had regrets. Uh, they uh, They had for 20 years, they had been wrestling with what they had done and it had never been resolved. It had never been confessed. They said, we're guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore, is this distress come upon us Verse number 36, we see another character. Not only Joseph, not only his brothers, but we see Jacob, Joseph's father. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, Me have ye bereaved, or that word means to be made childless. Ye have bereaved of my children. Joseph is not. Simeon is not. Simeon was kept in prison or in jail by Joseph until they brought Benjamin back. And now they said, and now you want to take Benjamin away. And Jacob says, all these things are against me. Verse 38, and he said, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in the which you go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. I'd like to talk to you for just a few moments about these three different characters, these three different situations. And what I believe we can learn from each of them. Lord, help us as we look at your word. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, not to miss these truths. Lord, I want to be very uh, very thorough, but I also want to be very concise. And Lord, I don't want to take a lot of time this morning. We have been so blessed by the singing. Lord, you've, you've blessed my heart so much. and Lord, you have been so good. You've been better than I deserve, and Lord, I do love you, and I want to uh, love you not just in the good times. I want to love you in the hard times, and I pray you'd help me, and I pray you'd help our church and bless our people today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to see, number one, the dreams of Joseph. He remembered these dreams, and he is in Egypt, and he was uh, sold as a slave, and of course, he was mistreated, and he was falsely accused, but notice where the food is. The food is in Egypt. Joseph is in the will of God in Egypt, and Joseph is better off than all the brothers back home. He is better off than all the family back home. I'd rather be in the will of God and maybe not be in the place I would choose. I'd rather be in the will of God than than to be anywhere in the world and out of the will of God. And Joseph was taken care of. God took care of Joseph. He always does take care of his own. Joseph has these dreams. He remembers these dreams. And his brothers came in verse number uh, uh, six. It says, and Joseph was the governor over the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and, what's the next two words? Bowed down. Whoa, hang on. Joseph was promoted, last week we saw that, but now, he's not just promoted over Egypt, now his own brothers have come to him, they don't know who he is yet, they have come to him and they cannot help but bow down at Joseph's presence. Can I tell you what must have been going on in Joseph's head? God did it. God was right. God gave me the dream. It's been 20 years. I didn't know if it happened. I didn't know if God could do it or not, but God did it. And can I tell you what God did for Joseph, he can do for you. What God fulfilled in Joseph's life, he can fulfill in your life. Joseph stayed faithful to God through all these years and God blessed him for it. Joseph was faithful. Joseph had the favor of God. Notice verse number Uh, Let's see, verse number 18. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. Joseph not only was faithful to God, he not only had the favor of God, but Joseph, after 20 years, he still had a proper fear and reverence for God. And by the way, Joseph wasn't just blowing smoke here. Joseph had lived for 20 years by this principle. He feared God. He feared God, he loved God, he worshiped God. Even when he was sold as a slave, even when he was falsely accused, Joseph stayed true to God. And I'll tell you this, God stayed true to Joseph. Aren't you glad for the faithfulness of God in your life? Joseph was unwanted. His brothers wanted nothing to do with him. They wanted to kill him. He was an outcast in his family. But aren't you glad that God can use the outcast? and God can use the unwanted and God can use the unlikely and God can take the junk and God can take the trash of this world and God can make a treasure. You say, Pastor, I feel like that's my life. I feel like there's no hope. I feel like God can't use me. I got news for you. God can use you and God can do more in your life than you could ever begin to imagine. God can do more in a moment that you could do in a lifetime if you'll trust him. The dreams of Joseph. All oh, my, 20 years later, and Joseph sees the dreams fulfilled just like God had said not only the dreams of joseph but i want you to notice quickly the distress of his brothers the word is found in verse 21 the brothers are standing before joseph and they don't know who he is he knows who they are and joseph says you guys are spies no no we're not we're not we promise we're we're 10 brothers We have a brother back home. His name is Benjamin. We have a dad back home. His name is Jacob. We actually have another brother, Joseph, and they just said, and he is not, like N-O-T, like, you know, he's not around anymore. (laughs) And Joseph's thinking, oh yeah, he is around and you're getting ready to find out he's around. But uh, he, he, he he gives them a test and he says, I don't believe you. I want you to prove yourselves. He says, I want you to go home and bring your brother Benjamin back to me. And then I'll know that you're telling me the truth. He said, and I'm going to keep Simeon. He's going to stay here to make sure you do come back. He's going to be in prison until you get back with Benjamin. And these brothers, they know. They know their dad. And they know that's not going to fly. He didn't send him in the first place because he didn't want anything bad to happen to Benjamin. And so that's where verse 21 kicks in. And these guys, they're, they're talking to each other. And they said, hey, we're guilty. Now, again, nobody's mentioned Joseph. They don't know this is Joseph, but they know in their heart that what they did 20 years ago was wicked, it was wrong, it was ungodly, and their conscience is eating them up 20 years later. You say, how do you know that they were really that torn up about it? Notice what they say in verse 21. We're verily guilty concerning our brother, and yes, that's a true statement, In that we saw the anguish of his soul. We talked about this a few weeks ago when they sold him. But how do you see the anguish of somebody's soul? Usually you see it in their eyes, don't you? You know what they were saying? When we threw Joseph in a pit, we could see the anguish in his eyes. We could see the terror. We could see the fear. We could see how that Joseph, he was begging us. It goes on to say that, that he pleaded with us and we heard it, but we didn't help him. Notice verse 21, when he besought us and we would not hear. You know what they're saying? It's 20 years later. And they're saying, we can still hear it ringing in our ears. We can still hear his cry for help. We can still hear him pleading with us and begging for his life, and we would not listen. Therefore, they said, verse 21 is this distress come upon us? You know what distress is? It's adversity, it's a burden, it's a problem, it's trouble. And they said, We are distressed, we are torn up, we are torn to pieces. Notice verse 28. They're on their journey back home. Joseph sends them on their way, but he puts their money back in their sacks. He gives them their food and they're on their way back and they open up their their sacks. They open up the the, the packs with all the food and they see their money is there. And now they're in trouble. They say, what are we gonna do? He's gonna think we stole our money. He's gonna think that we stole the food and didn't pay for it. And then they said, notice in verse number uh, 28, he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid. You know what God was allowing to happen to these guys? The same thing they put Joseph through 20 years ago. They're fearful now. They're fearful for their lives. They're fearful because they're in trouble. They know that they can't go back and face this governor because. There's, not, there's something that, that didn't go right with the money and all that, and they know they've got to take Benjamin back, and their dad's not going to allow that. And they are fearful, and notice what they said one to another. What is this that God hath done unto us? Well, I'll tell you one thing. God's not the one that did it to them. They did it to themselves. And there's a whole world out here of people who are distressed, they're they're, they're torn apart, and they just can't get peace. And it's not God's fault. The problem is you need to get right with God. And if you're here today and you're not saved, you don't know where you'll spend eternity. There's going to be an emptiness in your heart. There's going to be a searching inside of you. There's going to be uh, something that's not right until you get settled where you will spend eternity. And it's not God's fault. God's already done all the work. He's already paid the price. He sent his son. He provided a way. All you have to do is receive it. But notice the distress of these brothers. These brothers, they understand, they realize they are in trouble. And 20 years, they've had a guilty conscience. 20 years, there's been turmoil in their soul. Now, now let's compare these two real quick. Joseph has been in Egypt for 20 years. He's been in prison. He's been a slave. Now he's finally been promoted. But Joseph experienced 20 years of that, and Joseph is at peace. The brothers have experienced 20 years since that sin, since that crime, And they have not experienced peace. I'll say this. If I had to pick, I'd rather be in Joseph's shoes and be right with God than to be in the brother's shoes and to know for 20 years I was always looking over my shoulder wondering if my sin was going to catch up to me. And it does always catch up. And God does settle the score. Joseph said, hey, uh, he'll say, uh, we'll look at this next week or the week after. Hey, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. But can I tell you, these brothers did pay a price. For 20 years, there was not rest. There was not peace. There was not a, a, a clean conscience. There was guilt in these brothers. There was distress because of what they did to Joseph. But then lastly, I'd like for you to see not only the dreams of Joseph, the distress of the brothers, but I'd like for you to notice the depression of Jacob. Jacob is the father, and for 20 years, Jacob has not had his son Joseph. And it says in verse 36, when they got back, uh, Jacob, their father, he said, you've bereaved me of my children. Joseph is not, Simeon is not, Simeon was back in Egypt in jail, and now you want to take Benjamin, but notice the end of verse 36. Jacob makes this statement, all these things are against me. You know what Jacob was saying? He said, everything's wrong in my life. Everything's going against me. The whole world is against me. My whole world is caving in. Uh, uh, Things are not getting better. And then he says in verse 38, he said, I just know. I know I'm going to go to my grave in sorrow. Now, hang on. Joseph, for 20 years, was in Egypt trusting God and remembering his dreams and faithful to God. But Jacob has been at home, and for 20 years, He has been living a life of depression. He's been living a life of defeat and discouragement. And and you say, but pastor, you don't understand. Jacob lost his 17-year-old son. And you're right, I don't understand that. I've not lost a child who, that has been born. I've, my wife and I have experienced miscarriages and obviously that is still a baby, but I don't believe that's the same thing as a baby that you are holding in your arms. I don't believe that's the same thing of a, a child who, who passes away at four or five or 10 or 12 or 17 or 18 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. I don't think it's the same thing. And I've not experienced what Jacob experienced. You're right. So I'm not preaching to you from experience, but I'm preaching to you from Bible principle. And I want to tell you, God knew that there'd be some people that would say, you don't understand. And God knew there'd be some people that would say, but but my life is worse than so-and-so. And my situation is worse than your situation. And I agree, I've not been through that. But can I tell you, there's a man in Scripture, his name is Job, and he did experience that. As a matter of fact, he didn't just lose one child. He lost all of his children in one day. I don't don't know that I've ever met anybody who lost as many children at one time as Job did. But it didn't stop there. He lost all of his possessions All of his resources, he lost his business, he lost his buildings, he lost everything he owned in one day. And if that's not bad enough, you say, well, what about his wife? His wife, he still had, but his wife turned on him. His wife said, Job, you ought to just give up, curse God, die, let's just be done with it. It's not worth it to serve God. And if that's not bad enough, Job, physically, he was smitten with boils and sores, and he was miserable, and he was in pain, and he was suffering, and then he had friends. Some of you might have friends like that, and you say, that's not what we call them. But these friends show up, and they are zero help. They make things worse. They criticize Job, they tell Job it's his fault and he was wicked and he wasn't right with God and nothing could have been further from the truth. Joseph was right with God. Joseph was pure before God. It wasn't God judging his sin, it was Satan trying to attack Job and God allowed that so that Job could be tested, so he could be tried and so God could be glorified. So here's what I'm saying. Jacob made a decision. For 20 years, Jacob made a decision to say, I'm going to be depressed. And I understand this morning, I understand that there are people who face depression, and depression is very real. Uh, I've known people throughout the years, pastors and friends who said, I didn't really think depression was that big of a deal until I experienced it. And can I tell you, depression is a real thing. And I'm not trying to say that whatever you're you're dealing with, you just snap your fingers and leave and every, I'm not saying that, but here's what I'm saying. Depression is real, but bitterness is a choice. And you and I don't have to be bitter. And we are not destined to be bitter. God does not want us to get bitter. God wants us to forgive. God wants us to get victory. God wants us to have peace. God wants us to experience his richest blessing. And bitterness is a choice. Job could have gotten better. Job could have said, God, why did you do this to me? I will not serve you. But that's not what he said. He said, Lord, you gave and you took away. And I'm still going to bless and praise you for it. Job said, God, you may kill me, but I'm still gonna trust in you. Job said, Lord, when you have tried me, I know that I will come forth as gold. Job could have been bitter. He could have prayed fire down on his friends, but that's not what happened in chapter 42. Job, the Bible says, God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Job did not get bitter. Job got better. Job did not suffer depression and discouragement and live a miserable, wasted, ruined life. Job got victory, and Job became a better person and a better Christian, and God was glorified in Job because he refused to get bitter. I've not lost a child. I've not lost a business. I've not lost a spouse through death or divorce. Some of you have. I've not lost my health. Some of you have. But I can say this. It is my desire that if I do ever lose any of those things, and I pray that I don't, but if I do lose those things, it is my desire that I would still love God. It is my desire that I would still worship God. It is my desire that I would still love my wife and love my children. It's my desire that I would still come to church. It's my desire that I would still read the Bible and pray and live for God. It is my desire that I would not get bitter, but that I would stay faithful to God through it all. Jacob became bitter. That bitterness led to broken relationships. You see, when you're bitter, you don't don't hurt yourself alone. You hurt people around you that are close to you. And Jacob had 20 years of broken relationships. It appears from these conversations, and the Bible doesn't spell it out, but it appears from these conversations that things were never right with Jacob and his sons. And I think a lot of the blame falls on the sons. But But the relationship for 20 years was broken. Bitterness leads to broken relationships and bitterness leads to blessings that are missed. Now, hang on, stay with me here. You realize that when we become bitter, we're not allowed to see the blessings that are right in front of us every day. When you're bitter, when I'm bitter, we hurt those that God has placed in our lives who could be the biggest blessing. Jacob, yes, he lost a son, but he had 10 others. And then Benjamin that he could have loved and he could have invested in. But it seems like Jacob was so consumed with bitterness that he missed the blessings that God had placed in his life. Can I tell you, you're going to have to, and I'm going to have to overcome past hurts. You can't hang on to that forever. And I'm not saying you ever get over a loved one passing away. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying this, God has put some people in your lives and God has put some blessings in your life. Don't worry about the past so much that you miss the blessings of today. Satan would love for you to get better. You see, if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, and, and some, maybe you have had a bad experience at a restaurant, you may not go back to that restaurant, that's fine. You have a bad experience at a, a, a supermarket, you may not go back to that supermarket, that's fine. But if you have a bad experience at church, can I tell you what Satan would love? He'd love for you to get bitter. And he'd love to keep you out of church. And he'd like for you to blame God. And he'd like for you to blame the Bible and blame the Christian life and blame the Christian people. And Satan would love for that because he knows that your spiritual well being is connected to what you do with the Bible and what you do with church and what you do with prayer. And Satan would love for you to get bitter. He'd love to keep you away from the church, he'd love to keep you away from serving God. Jacob became bitter and wasted so many blessings and missed so many blessings. For 20 years, it appears that Jacob's life consisted of being bitter and angry and grumpy and negative, and he missed out on so many blessings. Now, hang on. I'm going to close with this. We're getting to this part of the story, but Jacob is going to be reunited with Joseph. That's going to be wonderful. When Jacob hears that his son is alive, he just—he can't contain himself. He can't believe it. And not only is Joseph alive, but he's second in command in Egypt and he gets to make the trip to go and be reunited. And I say, praise God for the reunion. Praise God that Jacob and Joseph were reunited and they got to be together. But hang on, what I want to say is, I'm thankful for the reunion, but I'm disappointed that Jacob Wasted 20 years of his life being bitter. See, Joseph was in Egypt the whole time. 20 years, he was in Egypt, and he didn't get bitter. He got better. Job lost everything he had, but Job didn't get bitter. He got better, and God was able to use him and bless him. And to this day, we still say the name Job. And you know what we think of? Somebody that stayed faithful through the trials. But Jacob says this, All these things are against me. I'm going down to the grave in sorrow. Nothing's going to get better. My life is ruined and it's all over and I'm going to give up. Friend, I want to tell you, don't give up because God is still in the business of restoring relationships. And God is in the business of reunions. Yes, He had a reunion. But can I tell you, He didn't have to wait 20 years to have joy. He didn't have to wait 20 years to have peace. He could have had that peace much sooner